Welcome back. This is uh, episode six of Leafs Talk Forever. Uh, this episode is going to be focused ma- uh, mainly on the playoff preview that we had mentioned uh, last couple episodes. Uh, first, we want to get to some uh, thank yous. Uh, thank you for the 42 subscribers. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but 42 subscribers are uh, or is more than we expected at this point. Um, thank you for 475 downloads. Uh, we had 205 downloads in, in less than 48 hours, which was um, nuts. Uh, we also had 200 downloads on our latest episodes, so thank you for that. Uh, we want to welcome Latvia, Portugal, Spain, Belgium, and Uruguay uh, to the pod, uh, new countries that listened. A uh, reminder before we get started to go back and listen to the last uh, five or six podcasts that we've had out. And while you're there, uh, jump on the internet, insidetherink.com, and check out their website because we have a partnership with them. And you can find our podcast on their app. Uh, for episode six, we're not going to do a jersey number segment uh, to the full extent that we did last time. Uh, we're going to be just focusing it on uh, the classics because number six is retired. So I'm going to throw it over to Scott, and he's going to talk a little bit about the classics number six on the Leafs. Yeah, so for number six, we have two classic players, Ron Ellis and Ace Bailey. Uh, both were all-time great Leafs, and both were wingers. Uh, Ron Ellis was a Leaf in the 60s, 70s. His final season was 80-81, where he put up uh, in his career 640 NHL points and won one Stanley Cup. And Ace Bailey, famous Leaf, uh, 20s and 30s, only played seven years with them. I was shocked by that. And also won one Stanley Cup. So classic Leafs, Ron Ellis, Ace Bailey, retired jersey number six. Uh, seems like Kyle's having some technical difficulties. So, Scott, if you do, you want to lead headlines for us? Uh, sure. So, for our headlines, we have uh, we now know who Toronto's first round opponent will be with the win against Boston tonight, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that should be a, an exciting series for the Leafs. Uh, Matthews uh, hit sixty goals on the year in the game against Detroit. Uh, first American-born player to hit, reach the plateau. First Leaf to reach the plateau, and the first player to hit 60 since 2011, 2012 with Steven Stamkos. Uh, and because both him and Drysaddle sat tonight, uh, he now has the Rocket Richard locked up. So back to back years winning the Rocket for Austin Matthews. Uh, Toronto also signed uh, minor leaguer Bobby McCann to an extension. Um, I'm, I don't really know much about him. I haven't really followed the Marlies this year. Uh, from what I read, though, he was a solid player who contributed. So looking to add to that next year, hopefully he can produce a bit more. And in a couple of years, he can try to contend for a spot on the main roster. And then the NHL draft was announced to be held or draft lottery, sorry, was announced to be held on May 10th for all the teams who are looking to acquire uh, a top pick. Um, yeah. May 10th. Look for that. Um. Obviously, no no disrespect, but uh, Montreal will have the best chance. They clinched the thirty second spot. Yeah, um, and first team ever, first team ever to go from Stanley Cup final to last place. Yeah, so uh, good on you guys. Um, and yeah, uh, Arizona will have the second best odds. Um, 
to get potentially Shane Wright, maybe Logan Cooley, but I'm going to assume it's Shane Wright. Um, also, just with the Bobby McMahon. Uh, just real quick, they could also move. I mean, Shane Wright would be a good pick, but they could also move down a bit and try to acquire another pick next year if they have another bad year where they could try to contend for Connor Bedard or um, what's the other guy's name? Mishkov. Mishka? Yeah, Mishkov. Yeah, that's it. And there's, so they, uh, they, I think, Fintelli or something like that too. So, yeah, while Shane Wright would be a good pick, they could also potentially move down, try to acquire a, an, another lower-level team that may have an equally bad year next year. I don't think Montreal's going to quite have the same year they had this year, next year. So they could potentially move down to acquire a, from whether it's, I don't think Arizona will give other pick, but say like Ottawa or San Jose or someone who could have a worse year next year where that, that first-round pick could turn out to be a Connor Bedard or, or Mishkov or whoever. Yeah, there's also, uh, I mean, not that you're going to get a first and a fifth um, overall pick and then a first round next year, but there's also uh, Slavkovsky who, um, I mean, that, that would be the guy I would aim for in the draft, uh, especially if maybe you want to uh, compete for uh, a top-end prospects next year. Uh, I think Kyle's back with us now, so uh, we'll get his opinion on, on some playoff preview stuff. Uh, we're going to avoid uh, game recaps. Obviously, Matthew said 60. Um, the big guns sat out tonight. Uh, Campbell got some rest. Uh, Elander showed up tonight, but we're not going to get into, like, stars of the game and all this kind of stuff. We're just going to go right into the uh, what we have here with uh, the playoffs, Tampa. Um and that starts May second, uh, I believe, Monday night. I'm gonna assume it's gonna be like 7:30. Uh, catch it on all Canadian networks, um, sporting networks, and uh, wherever you guys get your American broadcast. Um, so yeah, tr- uh, Toronto and Tampa. Uh, Kyle, what's your opinion on that one? What do you like? What do you don't like? Yeah, thank you, Spencer. Was just going through a little technical difficulties there, but we were uh, able to able to overcome them and uh, fix them. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I I think this is a big uh, big matchup for the Leafs. Obviously, um, going into it, the last game that they played against them, uh, they're going to want redemption, and yeah, they're going to have to be be ready to throw the body, um, as we saw last. Last game against Tampa, they tend to throw the body, and I mean, like, all 12 of their forwards do for the most part. Um, They're all big, heavy players. Um, I think you need to throw out Clifford and Simmons, and I heard them say that on the Leafs broadcast tonight during the the game, that if it's Tampa, you're probably going to want to see um, Clifford and Simmons. Um, and I think that has to relate to how last game went. Um, but yeah, I could, I could see the Leafs winning the series. Um, I don't think it's going to be any less than seven for either, for either team to win. It's going to go seven, the full seven games in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. Not the seven, but I think it's going to be an exciting series. 
with them playing. I think they're they're they they slot up evenly. They're they're kind of similar play styles. Uh, there is a couple of players who didn't play in the last game, like Matthews and Braden Point, who are coming back. So that added into the already hyped up uh, atmosphere from the previous game, and then the game the Leafs won six two before that. It should really be an exciting series. Uh, I hope the Leafs can uh, can match the play, and if they don't in any of the games, then come back, rebound the next game they play, and 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 kind of dominate so they can send a message that they're not not the same Leafs teams as past years. In terms of Toronto versus Tampa, I think you guys are 100 right. It's going to be a big series, big bodies, um, and I think it's going to be super fun. Um, in terms of Toronto's lineup, though, like Sheldon Keefe says, Cash and Bunting are day-to-day. Uh, Bunting should be back. Cash uh, maybe sits down for a couple games just to get his legs back uh, into full practices. But I think I think you see a world where only Simmons slots in. I think Clifford will be the potential, like, add the guy if, if something goes wrong. You know, uh, someone gets hit big or, or hurt or something like that and it gets too physical, then I think Clifford will draw in. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think Tron six personally. Yeah, I agree with the Clifford. I think with with Bundy coming back, I mean Kasha. I don't even think he should be playing the first round just as a precaution because of his past history of the concussions, and then the one he had this year. But I think Clifford will will be the odd man out, and uh, he'll come in when needed. But I think. He won't be a starter in the lineup, the starting twelve, because of, of Bunting coming back and the, the 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 need to match both Tampa's not only their physicality, which you can match with Simmons, and some other players have kind of stepped up with McKay of kind of getting a little more physical, Engvall getting a little more physical, and then Muzzin, Labushkin, Brody on defense, the odd time Justin Hall, but I think with the need to match their offensive firepower, you you want Bunting in over. With when Bunting comes back, you'd want to take one of your physical guys out to add in that that scoring offensive presence. Yeah, I also think um, you might see a world where Spezza might be out uh, just based on age. I mean, like you said, Scott, although he talks on the bench, he can also offer that same experience uh, from from or in the locker room from a from a suit or in a suit. Sorry. He doesn't necessarily need to be on the bench. Um, so that might be something I could see, like a Blackwell with a Clifford and, and Simmons if Kasha doesn't slot in. But if Kasha does slot in and you push everyone down, um, I would almost push Camp to the last line and put Camp on a line with Spezza, or sorry, Blackwell and Simmons. Just because Camp is a versatile forward, but he also, like Blackwell and Camp remind me of similar styles, like more defensive-minded. Like, what do you guys think? Would you put Ingval on the last line? Or would you put Camp? Like, if by chance uh, Cash is in and you only get one of Clifford or, or Simmons or Spezza? Kyle, you want to take that? Okay, so we've lost Kyle again. Um, I I don't know what's happening there. Some internet issues or something. Uh, I'll so take this Scott, one. Yeah. 
Uh, I'd agree. If you're going to put cash in, then I, th- I think you'd, you'd need to shift camp down because, I mean, with Kerfoot Engvall playing well with Nylander, Kasher can slot in on the second line with Mikheyev and Tavares, who Mikheyev seems to fit on that line with Tavares. Odd times there's a winger, a different winger on the other side, but he seems to fit in the top six role. Then the the, the top line stays. You, I don't think, unless you're like getting blown out, I don't see them switching that one around. So that leaves Camp to shuffle down, and then Spezza. And like you said, we have, or I have mentioned in the past, that you could still have Spezza be a voice even though he's not in the lineup. And I think if camp does get shuffled down and Spetcher gets sat, then that's what's going to happen is he'll be in the locker room between periods, after games, at practice, whatever, coaching them, like giving them advice, hints, like uh, points of their game that they can improve upon because he has so much playoff experience that this team, while they have some, they don't have as much as he has. I, uh, I think like, in my opinion, uh, at this point in Spezza's career, he's just like Camp is just a a little bit better of a uh, of a player. Like in in the same aspects, though, like they're good at getting the puck out, they're good at handling the puck, they're good at making that first pass. Uh, like they're good at um, finding space to be open in the offensive zone, and they're good at shutting down the other line in the defensive zone. I just feel like Spezza's age and um. I guess the uh, endurance that he has in the game, like playing eight minutes when you could play camp 12 or 15, depending on what the situation, right? If he's playing lockdown minutes, um, that's why I think camp shoves down, shuffles down to the last line and, and maybe takes Spets out. But even if you put Spetsa with Blackwell and camp, because everyone's expecting this series to be like basically what the last game was. But I mean, in reality, that's yeah, probably not going to be true. So yeah, I don't see that happening. Blackwell with Spezza, yeah, me either. If you put Blackwell with Spezza and Camp on the last line, that's as two penalty killers. Um, Spezza can kill penalties if you need, but that's three extra centers uh, slash wingers that you can put anywhere in the lineup. Realistically, I know people wouldn't want Spezza on the top line, but if by chance he needed to take a shift on the top line or he gets put out there at the top line, he can still produce. Where I think if you put Clifford in the lineup and he gets stuck out there after an icing with the top line, like obviously that top line loses a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like all those four players are all defensive minded. Like, so if even if you take Simmons down and put like shift Spezza over, or you take both Spezza and Simmons down and put Clifford in. Like it, of those three guys, plus Camp, plus Blackwell, like any matchup of those guys, they're all going to be your defensive line. They're going to be, or yeah. in some cases, your energy line, where they kind of get into the offensive zone and shuffle it around a bit, try to like wear down the other team. But yeah, so I don't, I don't necessarily see Simmons always being on that line. You could see, like you said, Spezza shuffling over to the wing, or Clifford coming in if Spezza and Simmons are having a bad game. The next game, Clifford comes in. And replace with them, but just in the case of Kasha being put on the third line or second line or wherever he gets put in, then yeah, Camp would shuffle down, which would then make give it gives you even more options because you have three solid veteran playoff experienced players who can come in and help you. No matter yeah, if you're and, playing center um, or wing. I d do, I don't see Kasha playing game one, like just based like what we've said, just based on concussions and stuff. I mean he could, he, he really could, but I just don't see 
uh, Toronto saying, okay, go into game one where everyone's trying to set the tone coming back from your 18th concussion in three years. But with that being said, I also think just based on how the last game went and the comments that Maroon's been making and, and all of that other uh, jazz, I think you could see where Simmons slash Clifford or both slot into game one. Barring bunting isn't uh, 100% healthy. Kyle, you're back with us, so you're jumping on this conversation. I am. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel as though you need to go with the Clifford Blackwell Simmons. Um, and to to mention to that point, um, I think the Leafs have three really solid lines now. Like compared to the last couple of years, um, our depth hasn't been this good. So I think going into the playoffs with three really solid lines and then you just have that fourth line as a really tough line or in case someone um does something and goes like i don't know let's say maroon went and hit someone and it was a bad hit you gotta have someone to go in there and um let them know that like this isn't right you're gonna be seeing us for the next i don't know four games let's say we're in game we're in game one and something happens you're guaranteed another three games of us, so you need to you need to set the point straight there. So uh, I th- I think you need to have that fourth line that's just a tough gritty line that's going to go out there and hit, and everyone who touches the puck on Tampa is going to be scared to touch it, or they're going to have to have their head up the whole time because they know they're going to get hammered by Simmons or Clifford. Um, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but there has been times that that line hasn't done that. Like, obviously, I like I don't think Casher should play at all in the first the first series. Just as a precaution. Maybe if you're up, for sure. I mean, the Leafs have a history of blowing, so even if you're up three one, maybe not. But like, if you're up three one and you put him in game five, then but if he's not in, then yeah, like Simmons, Spezza, Blackwell, whatever, Camp can stay on the third line. But there has been times in the in the, this season where that, that line has expected to come out and match the team's physicality with hit or fighting or, or just scrums after whistles, and they've done absolutely nothing. Simmons throws a hit here and there. Clifford hasn't, doesn't really do much in those games. So while it would be cool or beneficial for them to do that, I mean, if, if they don't do that after game one, then I feel like you're going to have to kind of determine if that's really what your team is wanting and then make adjustments based on that. Um, I do think, though, with how things have played out with Maroon calling Simmons soft, uh, I'm sure that there'll be some uh, some stuff talked in the media leading up to the first game. I think that Simmons and Clifford could come out with some energy. But as you said, Scott, like it, it has been known that those players can't always match which is fine, but I think by, say, game four or five, like you had mentioned, I think if it's not working out by two, three, four games in the series, I think Keith's not afraid to mix it up, and we have depth. One thing I want to ask you guys is, um, growing up, we all kind of watched the same, uh, like the main uh, era of hockey for us all. Um, Jason Spezza, Ottawa Senators, Alfredson, Heatley, Spezza was the best center in on their team list goes on and on 
did you ever think you'd see the day where Simmons or sorry, Spezza is classified as the biggest center who can play on that last line as the quote unquote tough line on Toronto? Like, I know that he's not part of all of that all the time, but like that line with Spezza on it is the biggest fourth line you can have out there without touching any of the guys above you. You know what I mean? Like, isn't does that not confuse you because we saw this guy in 2006 or 2005 putting up 100-point seasons? Yeah, no, it's definitely weird how the game has changed in a sense where now we see veterans drop down to the fourth line and these players like, well, like even Joe Thornton, right? Like he was so good in San Jose for the longest time. And then he comes to Toronto um, trying to win a cup. I think he's a London, London, uh, Ontario. And coming home, tries to win a cup. And he doesn't really care how much he plays. He just wants to uh, play for his, his home team. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird seeing these, these players that used to be uh, – 100-point players back in the day um, drop down to fourth lines, third lines to play with the uh, the, new, the new guys. And, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think it also goes to show how, I mean, maybe not skilled, but, like, he, he knows at this point in his career that that's the role they require of him in the case of Jason Spence. Even Thornton last year, like Kyle mentioned. Like, he knows that he needs to be on that line and throw a hit here and there, add size to the lineup. So I don't necessarily think it's funny that that happened. I think it just goes to show the type of player that he is where he like takes on that role willingly, even though that might not be his game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, ha-ha, funny, but it's kind of like... No, yeah, ironic. But... I guess, yeah, like... I don't know, 14 years ago, this guy was almost trying to eliminate us from the playoffs with Healy and Elfordson or Havlad or whomever on his line, Hosa. And now you've got, now you've got a world where he's the line, uh, the center on the line that everyone wants to see, try and help them win a Stanley Cup, which is kind of crazy how those things happen, which is kind of, we'll move on here. Um, we're going to talk – well, we have an exciting uh, playoff bracket challenge uh, for you guys and girls and whomever um, coming up. But we're going to get a word from our sponsors soon. Uh, you guys want to touch on what your guys' uh, preferred path to the Stanley Cup for Toronto is. Well, Scott, you can start it off. Uh, win against Tampa, win against Florida win against whoever they play in that side. I'm, I'm assuming it'll probably be like Carolina, maybe the Rangers. And then a win against whoever they play in the Stanley Cup. I'm, I'm hoping it's kind of Boston in that third round because then Toronto will have to go through their whole division, Tampa, Florida, Boston, just to make it to the Stanley Cup. I thought that would have been cool, but whoever it is, I mean, I just hope they win. Yeah, I don't know if Boston's gonna. In my opinion, I don't think I don't know if Boston's gonna make it that far. Um, I like Carolina's team, but uh, and I'm not sure if you guys know the update on uh, our our old goalie there. 
Oh, Anderson? Yeah, what's going on with him? When's he expected? I've, I've been reading that people say that he might miss the first couple games. Oh. They have uh, Ranta. Ranta, yeah. But uh, he's, he's, yeah. he's whatever. I, I wouldn't classify him as a game changer. And yeah. then they have like oh. a Russian 19-year-old or 20-year-old who's backing, backing up. Let's let's say he doesn't come back till game till game three. Boston wins the first two. Do you think Anderson will still be enough for Carolina to come back in that series? No. Sit down too low. No. Uh, Freddie Anderson is my favorite goalie in NHL. Just putting that out there, but I think Boston is his like kryptonite. I think Boston, especially being up to to zip on Carolina, if that was the case, I I I think that his mental stay would deteriorate. That Boston has his number. I don't know what it is, but he'll somehow manage to let in some fluky goal that probably shouldn't go in, and that will be the end of this the series for for Carolina. Boston's always a uh, Boston's always a weird team in the playoffs too. They always seem to stand out, and I don't know. That goal horn's always stuck in my head. Not not and that uh, old anthem singer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Renee Rancourt. <laughs> yeah, he just, he um, just. What, what did he do? The gun was it like the the gun? He like uh, point at everyone. Yeah, he was like, like, I didn't know if it was that or like repeatedly throwing up like a gun sign or something. I don't. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. <laughs> and then there was that off topic. But do you guys ever seen the video of the <laughs> Mark Donnelly? Yeah. Was it the guy who tripped over the the skating <laughs> and he tripped over the cable? <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I don't know why he carried the cable all the way around the ice. And then I don't know why he's skating. It. Why is he skating around? <laughs> I, I thought he tripped on the carpet. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Like just too funny. And then tonight we had Malcolm Subban um, singing, uh, who was a Buffalo Chicago yeah. the anthem. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. good on him, but. Nothing's gonna be that. Yeah, well, I was. Yeah, I was very shocked when I saw that. I was like, "Oh, yeah, it I wasn't bad." I didn't know he could sing, but yeah, good for him. You can sing, Kyle. It is with uh, "Eye of the Tiger." No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. Just to go rising up. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Just to go back to the the Boston Carolina though. Like Anti Ranta as their backup, he does have playoff experience as opposed to Boston's two goalies, Allmark and Swayman, who don't have any. Do you think that could play a factor? Like, uh, Ranta yeah, isn't as good really. as Freddie Anderson, but he could still contribute more than potentially two goalies who don't necessarily know how playoff hockey operates. Yeah, he was, I think, the backup goalie behind who? Uh, Hendrick Lundqvist, wasn't it? A little bit in the Rangers? Anti ranta Yeah. Uh, I think it was. And then he, was he also Chicago, was Arizona. Right? Was he on Chicago too in the early? Arizona was his most recent, I think. Let me look. Oh, look. Um, but just to add to that point, um, head to head this year, obviously it, it doesn't mean everything, but um, head to head this year, Carolina beat Boston 3 0. They beat them 7 1, and they beat them 6 0. Um, like I said, it doesn't mean everything, but um, obviously based off of those games, you can tell um, how 
their defensive mindset is with um, with being able to shut down Boston. And if I, I think that if you shut down that big line, then you can easily beat that team. And Rod Brindamore is a great coach, one of the best coaches in the league. Scary coach. Uh, Andy Ranta only has uh, five playoff game uh, games under his belt. Three with the Rangers in 2015-16, and two with uh, Arizona in 1920. And he did play with Chicago, uh, but he was up and down with the minor in the minors and with the NHL team. I thought he played for the minors. Well, then that kind yeah, of defeats I mean, that yeah. point. But... You're right, though. Uh, Chicago was at, during that time like the best team in the league, so I'm I'm sure he's got some kind of tricks under his uh, up his sleeve. But uh, well, I don't think that, that he'll. The, the forwards they have, though, the forwards and defense that Boston has, like the Bergerons and Marchand and Pasternak and Carlo and whoever else have been around. Like, Boston is the only team, I think they said tonight, the only team in the league that has made the playoffs or advanced past the first round of the playoffs the last four years. Yeah. So th- those forwards obviously step up when needed. So if, if Swayman or Omar, whoever starts, isn't necessarily playing as well as they did in the season, then the forwards and defense that they have now to make adjustments to. I think Carolina might like if they can get even somewhat stable goaltending, I think they have a decent um uh, a decent defense core. Uh, probably I would say probably one of the best defense cores in the league. And they have have um they have talent up front. Like they could probably own score their issues. But I mean if Rant is let in six, seven goals then obviously I don't. I don't think that they have a chance. But yeah, you might. You might be honest on there, Scott. And last, all Mark. I looked just to make sure. But yeah, he's got no playoff experience besides three HL games. Well, real quick, you could say the same thing about Carolina, though. Like Aho and and all their top guys on defense, forward, whatever they. They might have as much playoff experience as the Bruins players do, but they're elite players in their own right, right? So they would know that if Rant is letting in four goals, that they would have to step up a bit, whether it's increase their defensive pressures or try to score offensively to counteract that poor goaltending. Yeah. I was hoping for a Carolina Washington series, to be honest. So then I could see, uh, uh, Sveshnikov knocking on Alex Ovechkin. Oh God. You remember, you remember when Alex Ovechkin and Sveshnikov fought like three years ago and Alex yeah. Ovechkin like one punched him. Oh yeah. Speed bag. Yeah. It would have been nice to see that happen to Ovechkin as revenge. Uh, just to go, th- pardon me. You think that happened? Oh no, definitely not. Ovechkin's probably much larger than him. But I mean, Ovechkin also did uh, miss like I don't know three days in a row because he ran into the boards. I'm not really sure what I I know anymore. Uh, just just to touch on what happens in the East. So we got uh, Tampa at Toronto, Washington at Florida, Boston at Carolina, and Pittsburgh at Rangers. I think that one will be one of uh, one of the ex- most exciting series in the first round. Is the uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Rangers, Rangers one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I like series kind of like gr- growing up in that like what was it four divisions five teams kind of outlook. Oh like, yeah, that, that was my f- favorite time in hockey, obviously, and and I think that's the series that always stick out to me a lot, and, and that are those uh, type of old school interdivision. Um. Yeah, but I think I think yeah Pittsburgh was it was it 
four divisions, five teams. Yeah. No, it was three. No, that's only 20 teams. It was three. Three, five, and then five, three, five on the other side because there was only 30. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that was like, like no, late 90s, early 2000s readjustment, though. Before that, it was like the Clarence Campbell or Clarence yeah. Campbell and et cetera, whatever. Yeah, I just mean like that era of hockey obviously was the, the main part of my of my life until they switched to this system. But yeah, like Pittsburgh Rangers, I think those are always like decent series. I also think St. Louis, Minnesota is going to be a big one. They've had some good games this year. Uh, that was been that's been I think solidified for now a couple weeks. And L.A. Edmonton, I hope they I hope I think Scott mentioned this before I don't have this podcast, but I hope that they get Wayne Gretzky involved in that. Would be pretty cool. Yeah. Like even if he's just on the broadcast every every uh, like every time they play and just you know talks about his time there. Not only just Wayne Gretzky, like there's so many of those 80s Oilers that played for L.A. that followed Gretzky to those teams or played on L.A. just after Gretzky left. So if you don't get Gretzky, there's like a plethora of guys you could bring in. Then obviously not as high profile as Wayne Gretzky, but still guys that you could use to build up that rivalry or that hype for the the series. Um, just to um, add to you guys' playoff talk here, um, I know we were talking about scoreboard watching at one point before we were before we hopped on this. Um, so Dallas just beat uh, Anaheim four two. Games. Yeah. So. So right now they're ahead of Nashville, but Nashville's beating Arizona four nothing, and it's eight minutes into the first. Ouch. So so I'm gonna when we go into the playoff bracket, I'm I'm gonna. Ask you guys, should we assume that Nashville is gonna like Nashville's gonna win that? So then Dallas would face Colorado. Yeah, I'd say they're gonna win. Yeah, at this point, like, I, I don't see Arizona scoring four goals. And this is technically the last day in the NHL, uh, but because of uh, a scheduling um, or sorry, rescheduling uh, of a game between Seattle and Winnipeg when Winnipeg got a snowstorm like two weeks ago, there is a Sunday game uh, this Sunday. At two o'clock, it doesn't matter. Besides draft positioning, I'm assuming. Uh, so a- after tonight, everything will be set for the playoffs. Uh, so when we come back after this break uh, from our sponsor, we will be doing a playoff breakdown of well, not really a breakdown, but more of a fun bracket challenge. Uh, everyone will pick their their teams that they want and uh, the series that they feel the team will win in how many games. And now a quick word from our show sponsors and friends of Inside the Rink. BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lineups for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com We're back, especially for the playoffs. Make sure that you are betting. I mean, If you're a legal age, and don't make it too much of an addiction because that's no good. Um, 
if you are in Ontario and you know someone who has an addiction to uh, betting, if you go on to any betting website or app, they'll, they'll have a number that you guys can call if you need help. Uh, but if you want to make some cheap money, or sorry, some free money, not cheap money, if you want to make <laughs> some potentially free money, um, bet on some series and and use BetUS because you get 125% sign bonus when you do play with the proven mainstay in the game. All right, Scott wants to make a point that we totally bypassed before we went to break, so Scott, make that point. Yeah, just about the Pittsburgh Rangers game, and I thought it was cool, the, the contrast between the two teams, how Pittsburgh's kind of the older, maybe not like play style, but they're like the older generation of players like Crosby, Malkin, etc. And then Rangers are kind of the new up-and-coming team, like fresh off the rebuild in the playoffs, hoping for a championship. So I thought it was cool that they matched up in the playoffs where you have the older guys that have had so much playoff exp- experience and success like Crosby, Malkin, uh, Letang, etc., going up against that new team that's supposed to be a powerhouse in the league with Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin and, and whoever else they may have. I think um, for the Rangers, maybe besides the Islanders, I, I personally think Pittsburgh would be my favorite matchup for the Rangers. Uh, just dating back to what you're saying, like the the past, um, and like now Crosby's older and and everything. Like I, I think that that matchup just kind of sits, uh, like suits the the two teams going into the playoffs. I think the like I said, the only one that that I think would over or beat out Pittsburgh would be the Islanders. I think maybe you could say Washington, Florida, but I think it's the only series right now that kind of has that. Like Toronto, Tampa are. Toronto's young. Tampa has younger players. Their core isn't really that old, but they're kind of the same play style. Late twenties, early twenties, couple early thirty guys. The Carolina, Boston are kind of similar. Like Washington's older generation guys with uh, Backstrom and Ovechkin, whatever. But they also have a young crop of guys. I think Flor or Rangers Pittsburgh is the only one really that, like, and Pittsburgh has young guys, but their main main players are all older guys, whereas Rangers' young core, I think that's the only series really that kind of lines up like that. I thought that was kind of cool. In the West, like St. Louis, Minnesota are both like physical, hard-hitting teams that can score. L.A., Edmonton are both like high-powered, or L.A. is on the rise to be a like offensive team, and then that matches up with, maybe not on par with McDavid and Dryside or whatever, but, and then Dallas, Colorado, like they're kind of like Dallas is in kind of like a soft reset where they kind of got rid of some older players and add some new younger players. I think I thought it was cool that Pittsburgh Rangers are the only one that's truly like a new school, old school. I think you yeah, could almost compare Dallas, um, Dallas to Pittsburgh in a sense where their core is kind of older. I mean, like minus Rupe Henson. Uh, maybe. That maybe that I'd say Dallas is the closest team to uh, to Pittsburgh. They've got some older guys. Maybe not obviously not as old, um, but in the in the West, I'd say that uh, Colorado Dallas is closest comparable to Pittsburgh Rangers. I don't know what you guys think about that. I I don't I I agree that Dallas has some older players, but I I think in terms of like the points guys making with the Rangers having basically complete. Uh, what a core almost under 27 um i think that 
that series is the only one. But I also think that you could also bring up Nashville and Calgary if they do meet as the oldest series, like, like based on core, like Goudreau, Monahan, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Forsberg, Johansson, Yossi, et cetera, et cetera. If those players have been there for, what, 10 years now, eight years now? Like, I think that that's kind of cool in, in itself if you think about uh, those two teams have basically just kind of kept adding around the same players until, like, rings and repeat until success has happened. But, yeah, I think I think uh, I'd agree with Scott on this one that Pittsburgh and the Rangers is kind of that only like, with the old and with the new kind of thing. Well, and like I said, you could kind of say that with Florida-Washington. But Florida has, like, like Giroux's a big guy on their team, and he's maybe not super old, but he's an older player in the league now that, there's kind of been that younger shift. Whereas Washington, like their yeah. big name guys are all, almost all of them are in their 30s. If not, a couple of them are younger than that. But yeah, I just thought that was cool how it was. People have been hyping this young shift and this, all the young talent that's been brought to lead the last couple of years. And then it might be on display here in the old school, new school type matchup in Pittsburgh Rangers. Yeah. Also, Colorado was that type of team too with Nashville and Calgary. Like they just kept adding around the same. Like now, their main core is like what twenty five to twenty four to twenty eight, twenty nine maybe, and they just mm-hmm. keep adding players around that same core and hoping that. Which no one talks about. No one talks about Colorado enough. Like everyone's ripping on Toronto. People used to rip on Tampa. People used to rip on Washington. Colorado's been what top team in the league basically for the last five years and has amounted to what? Not much. Exactly. I th- I wish people would actually like Nathan McKinnon. Remember when they considered him the second best player in the world, and now he's just a guy who ruins people's careers and hacks at refs. <laughs> I think that term is kind of thrown around too much, especially in playoffs. Like there was what 20, 2013, Pittsburgh Philly. When Giroux had a good series against oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Claude Giroux is the second best player in the league because he won up Sidney Crosby." When in reality, he like he may have been a good player, but he was by far not the or far and away from the second best player in the league at that time. So I feel like it's just spur the moment if they have a good series against an actual top player in the league, like top three, four guy, then it's kind of thrown in there to hype up the player to draw attention to maybe the next series or the next season or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Also, uh, NHLPA uh, poll award uh, type thing came out. And I'm pretty sure Sidney Crosby was like 59% uh, like in the lead. Um, I believe he actually won the award for biggest role model in the NHL. I thought that was kind of cool still. Sid's not a kid anymore, and people still look up to him every year. He just does all the right things. And another cool thing I admire about Sidney Crosby is the guy never lets anyone know his personal life. Like you see all these players walking in with their wives, this, that, the other, walking in with their kids, and he's just like straight business. And I think that's admirable of, of someone of his stature. Before we get into the playoff uh, bracket challenge, I do want to ask you guys, biggest oldest prediction going into next year for next year. What do you guys think? Mine personally, I think Buffalo could be a wild card spot or a wild card team 
next season. Wow. That's uh I think that they could be. I think that they could be if they continue on the pace that they're on and add a few guys. I think Kevin Adams. I think I mentioned this before, Scott, on one of the podcasts that we did. Kevin Adams is one of my favorite GMs. He brings in pieces that want to be in Buffalo. And I think mm-hmm. that if they add the right pieces, I think that they could take Washington's spot as the last wildcard spot. Maybe not Washington next year, like Washington out, Boston, Buffalo in, but like saying Washington is the lowest wildcard spot. I think Buffalo can take that. Uh, you, you can you can give yours first, Kyle. I gotta think about this one. Okay. Um, th- this is just out of the blue, but uh, one of my you said going into next season. Yeah, like by the end of next season at playoff time, what's the bullish prediction you by have? By the end of okay, because I was gonna say I have one right now at the end of like the summer. Well, that works so, too if if, if you uh, can't think of one for next year. I'll think of I'll think of one for next year, but uh, my in my opinion, I don't think Pittsburgh will uh, be able to bring back Evgeny Malkin. I know him and Matang are both free agents at, uh, this year, I believe this summer. Um, my take is that he's not gonna he's not gonna resign with Pittsburgh. It's time. Uh, that that does work for next year too. Okay. Although it's this offseason, it still affects Pittsburgh next year because yeah. by the end of next year, they'll be without their second best player in the last 15 years. Yeah, well, that's that's my uh, opinion on it. Do you have, by chance, a team that you think you would sign with? or um, Want to make that prediction? Uh, oh, Arizona, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he, they'd pay him $15 million, probably, okay. Good. Um, it also is rumored that him and his wife want to at least experience one or two seasons in the KHL. Obviously, I don't, I don't see him going there yet, but he apparently does want to play back in Russia. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I could see him playing right now, but yeah, like, like you're saying, in in a couple of years from now, I think right now he's what thirty five or thirty six. He's just gonna sign a, uh, he's gonna want like a two two year deal, three year deal. And uh, then probably go to the KHL and maybe play at least like fifty, like Yarmir Yager. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's my opinion on it. And um, yeah, that's that's that. All right. All right. So Kyle's not sure his team, but Kyle's is Malkin will not return to Pittsburgh. These are not uh, sourced. These are our predictions. Yeah. And just just before I get mine, I can see Malkin going to a team like LA. Yeah, that's what I was Young thinking. A team that has LA, cap, yeah. where he could fit in as a veteran guy, who can get, still contribute to the team, but not really push down any of the guys that they want to build up. Second liner, yeah, yeah I can see yeah. that. Maybe even Anaheim. Anaheim would be a little yeah. tough because they're supposed to be going into a rebuild, but he could uh, definitely fit in in there. Yeah. All right, so for mine, and I think mine will be the most outlandish of all of them because of how this season played out, but I'm saying the Florida Panthers will not make the playoffs next year. Oh, wow. I think this season was good, but I, I, I don't know. I just feel like they played above what everybody expected of them. And I think next year they'll come back down to reality and 
not make the playoffs. So you don't even think they'd get a wild card spot then in this at this time? Well, I mean, it had to be bold, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that's very bold. I guess I guess I gotta rethink mine. Maybe I'll get mine ready for next episode then, because uh, yeah, I feel like um like a wimp for saying that. Yeah. My, yeah. Um, yeah. You heard it here first. Florida Panthers won't make the playoffs next year. Now, may I ask, who would you have? Um, top Toronto. three in Atlantic. At Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Okay. And I have a feeling that either Montreal or Ottawa will get that one of the wild card spots. I feel like Montreal will Yeah, be not there. Montreal. They're going to be basement feeders again. Yeah, they're going to well, be the freaking Hopefully, as a Leafs fan. But I feel like this year, like they were middle of the pack last year, but I feel like this year was kind of a downgrade for them. I don't feel like next year they're going to be the same team, like, and in position wise, they may be the same, obviously similar players. But I feel like next year they'll have kind of a rebound where they'll be fighting for that wild card. And I feel like Ottawa is going to take a huge step next year with all the young guys they have, especially how they've been playing the last stretch of games this season. I feel like that'll continue yeah, next year, and they'll be fighting for that wild card. And we mentioned this in the past, like in the c- coming years, like Toronto's division is going to be so tough. Like you already have Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, who are four of the best 10 teams in the league. And then you have Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, and Montreal all potentially fighting for a plus spot or on the rise. Yeah, definitely will be tough. I think I missed a team, didn't I? Toronto, Tampa. No, I, I got them all. Yeah, four and then. So, yeah, I feel like in the coming years, that division is going to be so tough because of how all the teams are looking in the future. But, yeah, so next year, I, I, my prediction is Florida's not going to make the playoffs. Uh, dropping a uh, bold prediction. Very bold. Already. We're going into the playoff, playoff, playoff bracket challenge. Yeah, that was an original thought by me. Pick a number between one and ten. Whoever picks the number that I uh, I have in my mind will go first. Uh, one and ten, okay. boys. I'll say two. Uh, seven. Okay, Kyle got it. It's always All right, so I, I have it. I have it set up um, uh, based on seeds: uh, Washington at Florida, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I'll highlight the team. Obviously, the fans can't see this of the podcast, the subscribers, the listeners, but we will be putting on Twitter, so um, it'll be kind of the same format. I'll highlight the team. You guys say who you are or who you're picking and how many games, and I'll put it beside it. All right, so, Kyle, you got the East. You got the first-round matchup between Washington and Florida. Okay. Um, in In this one, I've got Florida in six. In right. yeah, that's yeah. I'd say I'd say Florida and six. Toronto, Toronto, Tampa. Uh, you said seven earlier. Toronto so and seven. Yeah, Toronto and seven. All right, Boston, Carolina. Carolina and seven. I think we're gonna see a lot of a lot of playoff hockey here. Hope so. That's why the fans pay the big bucks for it. 
And then we will see um, Pittsburgh in seven. So, so far through the East, Kyle in the first round has picked not only super long series, series, but he's also picked all but one of the series being the team who has home ice advantage winning. Uh, through the West here, you got Dallas. Uh, apparent, um, uh, I don't really know the word I'm trying to think of here, but it's it's looking like Dallas versus Colorado. Um, so uh, take her away. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Colorado in five. Um, wait, we said Colorado was playing Dallas, right? Yep. And then, uh, Nashville, Calgary will be our second matchup in the West. Okay. Uh, we will take Nashville in seven. All right, and you have um, next. You have Edmonton in LA. Okay, Edmonton in six. Yep, and then we will try um, Minnesota. Minnesota in six, and uh, he does it again. Teams with home ice advantage will win almost all the series, but two. Sorry, did you say six for that? Yes. Yeah, Minnesota and six. All right, Scott. We're going to do your East Divisions first. Washington, Florida. I I agree with Kyle. Uh, Florida and six. Got to make that big push before falling off so my prediction can come right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Toronto, Tampa? Uh, Toronto, six. Uh, Boston, Carolina. Uh, well, this one I I was gonna choose Boston, but when we were talking about it earlier, it kind of convinced me to choose Carolina. So I'm gonna say Carolina and six. Okay, six is all over the board. Pittsburgh Rangers. Uh, Rangers in seven. All right, a lot of playoff hockey in this too. I'm jotting these down. I'll go back through and uh, and add them after. Just makes it uh, a little bit more efficient. Um, okay, and in the West, you got Dallas, Colorado. Uh, I I agree with Kyle on this one, too. Colorado in five. All right, Nashville, uh, Calgary. Um, Calgary in six. Okay, L.A. Edmonton. Um, L.A. Kings in six. Like only one team known, only one team known to choke this year will make another first round. That's Toronto. Sorry, Edmonton. You're not that guy. (laughs) (laughs) St. Louis, Minnesota. Uh, St. Louis, Minnesota. Uh, St. Louis in seven. In seven, he chooses St. Louis. Yikes. What do you mean, yikes? All right. Wait, what do you mean, yikes? They're more experienced team than Minnesota. Better team, buddy. Better team doesn't always win. Otherwise, Toronto would have won last year. No, Montreal was way better. Get that on recording. Throw it to Montreal fans. Montreal all the way. They're going to get excited. Don't excite them. Or, or the year. Uh, I get excited for the draft. Pardon, Scott? 
I said, or we're going back to the year Edmonton faced Carolina in the first round where they beat the first place Detroit Red Wings in four games. Yeah, they got lucky. All right. I'm going to choose, uh, I'm going to choose, uh, a Washington in seven games. Wow. Florida. I'm going to choose Tampa or Toronto in six, Tori. Okay, so I have Washington in seven. I got Toronto in six. Um, I'm going to have Boston in five games. Five. And the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, without Freddie Anderson, they're almost, they're estimating like two, three games in the series. I think Boston's got that under wraps. Uh, I'm going to say the Rangers in six games. Uh, Colorado's going to win that in four. That's going to be a clean sweep. Calgary is going to win Calgary Nashville in five games. Uh, LA Kings uh, in seven games. I was going to say four, but I'm going to give McDavid the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we'll come clutch a little bit. And Minnesota in five games over St. Louis. I think St. Louis is old and slow. Uh, their, their, their style of playoff hockey isn't going to last. The other thing I wanted to do is go through and highlight the best series you think is uh, in the first round. Uh, just one or no, one sorry, for this conference? Like, uh, you can just do one, one? for conference. It's, I, it's okay. up to you, really. If you think uh, no, I'll just two stick series with one. are going to be good, then. I mean, we already kind of hyped the Pittsburgh Rangers. And I think that one will be good. But I think I think Toronto-Tampa will be the best series in the first round. Scott's saying Toronto-Tampa. Kyle? In the East or the West, or just overall? Uh, just oh, overall. Okay. You can choose two if you want, but... I think, overall. I think Minnesota St. Louis is going to be a really good series. That's what I was kind of thinking too. Uh, what? But I'll, <laughs> you what? were thinking that? Is that why you picked Minnesota in five? Yeah, but it doesn't mean that the series isn't going to be good all those five games. It could be a good usually, series and Minnesota could sweep. Yeah, usually what? I don't know. I, I, I thought usually a, a, an even pace six or seven game series is more exciting than a four game sweep. Well, that four game sweep could have like eighteen fights, which makes it exciting. It could, yeah, in my right. opinion, at least. Never wrong, brother. Uh, I'm gonna choose uh, because Kyle chose mine because he uh, he had to steal all my ideas. I'm gonna choose Pittsburgh Rangers. I think that one. The idea for this is kind of just we'll do this every round. Uh, winner gets 10 bucks out of Scott's bank account. What? Um, and, uh, yeah, if you guys don't what, what, what if I win? I just pay myself just, 10 bucks? You just keep yeah, your 10 bucks? Just, yeah, okay. pretty much. All right. okay. um, if, if you guys donate to us uh, during the playoffs, uh, we might be able to do a giveaway with the money. Uh, if Toronto makes it on the first round, I hope by then we have enough donations to do a giveaway. Because it would definitely be cool to celebrate with giving away a shirt uh, of the Toronto Leafs or whatever shirt. Maybe we'll maybe we'll gift um, the 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 winner of the giveaway a Tampa Bay jersey. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that's only if you guys donate because we we don't have enough funds to put together and buy all this and. Uh, ship it to your guys' house. You guys don't want to choose your Stanley Cup final 
final uh, picks right now, right? Do you? Oh, should we do, should we do that and then we can save her right as the series goes along? Yeah, sure. All right, we can do that. All right, so Stanley Cup Stanley Cup Finals right now ahead of the right, playoffs. You can go, Kyle, who you you can go first. Oh, Kyle's going first. Stanley Cup Finals. Well, um, in the West, I'm going to say I think Colorado is going to do it this year. The amount of, uh, amount of additions they've added, that team is looking pretty solid. So I'm going to say Colorado in the West. And in the East is going to be uh, Carolina. Anti-Rancher is going to stand on his stand on his head for three games. Colorado. <laughs> yeah. So Kyle's got Carolina, Colorado, and that would be at Colorado because home ice advantage. Yeah, you suck, Kyle. All What's right. Wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, me? Uh, you got? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to take a lot of slack. I mean, probably not, but most people, if they were hear anybody say this. But I'm saying Toronto, Colorado, Stanley Cup Final. I couldn't be biased towards the Leafs. Uh, you can absolutely... Yeah, maybe it's because you're not a true Leafs fan. Okay. You're really just... Yeah. You know what I that think you are, Kyle? I think, I think once Strong gets beyond the playoffs, you're going to be that um, Homer Simpson gift when he walks back in the bushes and comes back <laughs> in with another jersey on. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, what game was it? Ottawa, where he was wearing one jersey and then just took it off and it was the other team's jersey underneath? I just wanted to get a flag for my car. Of what? Um. <laughs> he just doesn't know. <laughs> nice. How about you get a, a, a flag that says rising up? If you uh if you buy it for me, sure. Yeah, I'll buy you the two dollar flag that you want off Amazon, I'll write on myself. Yeah, there we go. Sweet. I'll go with – I'm going to go with Toronto, Minnesota. So just just to clarify, would Minnesota is playing the winner of L.A. Edmonton? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, I don't – yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They can't be playing the winner. Isn't Calgary the other top division leader? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't be, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be uh, the winner of Colorado plays the winner of uh, Minnesota, and then the winner of okay. Calgary plays the winner of Edmonton series. Yeah, because it goes like based on divisions, doesn't it? In the second round. Yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, let's wrap this puppy up. First game for the Leafs against Tampa is Monday. Donate if you can. Like I said before, we'll give a, a shirt away or a jersey away or a hat away, whatever we can muster up. Um, that brings us to the next topic of merch. Uh, I know that we haven't sold any, but if you want our logo on a t-shirt or a sweater, buy some. I think there might be, I'm not 100% sure, but I think there might be some, some cool other items coming out uh, from inside the ring. Uh, subs- uh, we, we noticed that there's some subscribers, some new subscribers. We're at 42 now. Uh, up from 18, so keep on subscribing and, and downloading. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll be with you every uh, playoff game for about probably half an hour. Whomever can be, it's not it's not mandatory. Whomever can be here 
be here. Uh, so it's got a goalies go chan in the in the and the mics here, and uh, let's sign off. Go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go! Yeah, I'm the only one doing it. All right, <laughs> have a good night, everyone. See you Monday. Thanks. Go Leafs, go!